I'm doing it for the man that put the spear in my side. He died for us. He saved us from hell. He gave us access to the holy of holies. And when he died, the Bible says that the curtain was torn, not from the bottom, but from the top, to say that I am God and I approve of this. I am God and I am making it accessible to you to come into my presence, to come and have life, everlasting life, through his son Jesus. And that's what I'm going to be speaking on tonight, the veil of God. And I promise I won't be too long, but I want to talk about this veil. And I was praying, and as you take your seat, thank you, worship. Exodus 26. And if you don't like what I preach tonight, go ahead and talk to the pastor. He asked me to speak tonight, and he can console you. Exodus 26, verse 31, I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, I just come before you right now, Father, and I ask you that you would have your way Remove me to the side and let your spirit reign, Lord. We give you the glory and all the honor. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I just want to thank my, my husband, my pastor, for allowing me to speak behind this pulpit. I don't take it lightly. I get nervous every time. And I get more nervous when the teachers are in the house. Because how many of us know we got some awesome teachers in our church? Amen. We got teacher Paul over here. We got teacher Gray. We got some teachers in this place. Amen. So I get a little nervous around them. So excuse me if you see me trembling and shaking or, you know, convulsing or anything like that. Just kidding. That was a joke, but shh. amen. In Exodus 26, verse 31, the Bible says, Make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen with, with cherubim woven into it by a skilled worker. I'm going to read that one more time. Make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen with a cherubim woven into it by a skilled worker. And this is the time where the, the, the people were making the tabernacle and they were making the, the place of holy of holies. And what they did was they put a curtain. Uh, this curtain represented um, a different place, which was the holy of holies. And in this curtain, in this place, behind that curtain was the Torah, the five books of the Bible. Um, and they, were, they put that in a place where it was a holy place. And it also represented the, the presence of God. And this was a time where um, only, only um, significant or only a very elite group, which was the high priests, were allowed to enter into the presence of God. They were allowed to enter into this place once a year for the day of atonement, meaning repenting for, um, repenting on behalf of the people to God. And so here they were 
creating this tabernacle and creating this place and making it the place of holy of holies. But I want to focus on this one word. And it talks about here in verse 9, woven into it by a skilled worker. And if you heard, I was going to call him Pastor Paul. If you heard our teacher Paul the other night, he was talking about the Leviticus, or excuse me, not Leviticus, but the, the, the tribe of Levi, the tribe of the Levites, and what their duty was in the church, and what their responsibilities were, and the privilege that they had to serve, not just from one generation, but two, from generations. That meant that if my if that, my mother served in the temple, then that meant I was going to serve in the temple. And that I had a certain responsibility in that temple. And so here, we had the people of God building this altar, building this place of holy of holies, building the tabernacle. And so here it talks about having skilled workers. So that skilled worker represented the people of God. That skilled worker was somebody that worked in the temple. And tonight, as we read what the veil represents the veil, the veil represented um, it was a curtain and it was the curtain that that separated us from God and us meaning there was something there that was separating us and it was the veil okay and so um, but what did this veil mean to me when I was reading it today or actually when I was praying I said God what is it that you want me to to speak to your people because I had a whole different message. I was already putting out my notes and putting out my scriptures and saying, okay, this is a good one. I think this is good, Lord. I think we're going this route. And I was praying, and the Lord gave me a vision, and he, and he showed me the curtain. And he showed me the, the holy of holies. And how he showed it to me was very simple. He just showed me this, this veil, and it was, a, it was a curtain. And he showed me it being torn from the top. And I thought, wow, okay, God, you're showing me this because. And the Lord started speaking to me, and he said that this is my veil that I tore when Jesus died so that there can be a reconciliation amongst the people and me. And then he took me to this scripture and said that there were skilled workers that put up that veil, that put up that curtain. And so I'm going to share a story right now. What happened was the other night, my husband said, we're going to go on a date. And I said, okay. And he's like, hey, I heard you got blessed. And I said, what? What are you talking about? He's like, I heard you got blessed. He's like, you going to take me out? And I was like, oh. I was like, I wanted to buy a dress with that. I said, I paid my tithes and my offering, but I was thinking about buying myself something. And he's like, ah, you can get another dress another time. You're going to take me out. And I was like, Okay. I was like, what are we going to do? And I was like, okay, the, tw the movies are like $22, so I can still save a little bit of money and go buy myself a dress. But then he got hungry. He's like, and then we're going to go eat something. And I was like, okay. So we ended up going to the movies, pretty good. And we also ended up going out to eat. So I just thought, oh, Lord, I don't have any money. I said, I only have money left to pay my tithes. And then I just said, oh, well, it's all right. You know what? I'm with my honey. I'm with the love of my life. I'm actually having a good time. Hey, this is pretty good. And I've been asking my husband, when can we go on a date? I, I wanted to go out with him because I love my husband. I want to spend as much time as I can with him because he's a very busy man. So the time that I have with him, I value it. And so I'm used to having my husband 
tell me, hey, we're going to go out. I'm used to my husband paying the bills. I'm used to my husband paying for the movie tickets, pay, paying for whatever it is. I'm used to him buying me everything. And so last night was the, actually the first time since we've been marrying that I paid for dinner and I paid for the movie theater because I got blessed. And I was like, okay, this is different. This is cool. All right, you know what? I actually like this. This is fun. And I had such a blessed time. And you know what happened right then and there? It was like something new happened in me. Something new where I was able to bless my husband. And not that I don't love receiving and giving or taking from my husband because he's blessed me beyond. But I felt really good being able to bless him. I felt really good being able to pay for the movies and pay for the food. And I felt like, hey, baby, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you, honey. Don't worry. I got you, baby. That's how I felt. And we laughed. And he laughed at me. And I said, baby, I got you. I got you. And you know what? It was good. It was so good. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because God wants to do something new in our life. How many of us feel that God is urging us? God is compelling us. God is saying, I want to do something new inside of you. But there's a veil that keeps getting in the way. There's a veil that keeps separating you and me from getting a close, closer to God. And that veil tonight represents the separation. And as I was praying, I said, God, well, what is that separation? And the Lord tell, told me that, the veil was man-made. The veil was something that they had skilled workers make for the tabernacle. And as the skilled worker makes this veil and this curtain, it was a special skill that they had. And I thought, God, that's like us. We're skilled in gossip. We're skilled in sin. We're skilled in blasphemy. We're skilled in drug Use. We're skilled in insecurities. We're skilled in sin. And I said, God, cleanse me. Because how many of us know that we're born into sin? And so what do sinners do? We sin, and we're good at it. We're good at gossiping. We're good at tearing down. We're good at being insecure. We're good, good about keeping our money. We're good about watching sin. We're good at that stuff. But God is saying, I need, to step, I need to tear that veil. I need to tear that veil from the top and get you out of that sin. Because I want to reveal my revelation to you. I want to reveal to you my presence. I want to reveal to you a breakthrough. And so as this skilled worker made this curtain, I think, God, I'm a skilled worker. But what is it that separates me from you? We're skilled in gossip. Greed, pride, hater, hatred, lovers of money. How many of us know that we're skilled? Some of us need to repent. Some of us are feeling conviction right now because we were talking about somebody today. And we were talking about, you know, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so or pastor so-and-so. How many of us know we're guilty of that? And I'm the first to admit it. I'm the first one. And I said, God, help me to tear this or help me to remove this curtain from my life that keeps me from the presence of God. And so as I talk about this curtain in the in the um, as God wants to do something in us when Jesus died, the Bible says that the curtain was torn from the top. Okay? 
I'm getting here somewhere. I'm getting here somewhere. Just be patient with me. The curtain was torn from the top to break or to tear the separation apart. Okay? And how many of us know we've been going through trials? Okay, is it just me or am I talking to somebody tonight? How many of us have been going through some trials and some challenges? Amen. I know if somebody's told me, or somebody told me the other day, man, I'm struggling with finances. How many of us are struggling with some finances tonight? Come on. Your marriage, you got trials going on in your marriage, you can't stand your spouse, want to roll your eyes at them, mm. right? Or maybe at school, people are talking about you, people are saying ugly things about you, they're hating on you because you're a straight-A student. Not in here, right? And so what happens is when these things start happening in our lives, we feel a little bit uncomfortable, like, oh, this isn't feeling really good. But when God is trying to tear that, that veil from our lives, he's saying, I'm approving it. I'm approving the separation. I'm approving, not the separation, but I'm approving to tear the veil from the top so that I can get you into my presence. I'm approving this trial because I need you to get rid of this sin out of your life. I'm approving the chastisement. I'm approving the purging of sin out of your life because I need you to, t I need you to go to another level in me. I need you to know my glory. I need you to know my presence the way that I, uh, what, created it to be. And sometimes we take that veil, and you know what we do with it? As God is doing something in our lives and putting us in comfortable positions and trying to separate us from that sin so that we could be close to him, you know what we do to that veil? We get our needle, we get our thread, and we start looking at that, that tear that's taking place that God is trying to tear down for us. And we start getting our needle and thread, threading it back up. And say, oh, look at, oh, oh, this can't be torn. These are my curtains. Doesn't God know how beautiful my curtains are? Doesn't God know how much I enjoy my sin? Doesn't God know how much I enjoy gossiping? And God is saying, get that needle out of the way. Get your thread out of the way and let me tear that veil so I can separate you from that sin and bring you to me. And some of us, we tell God, no, I like the separation. I like the veil there. I like being where I'm at. I don't need to go anywhere. The pastor needs to get closer to you, God. Oh, Sister Beverly, oh my gosh, she really needs to get closer to God, Lord. That's not for me, that's for her. Paul, oh God, please, he really needs God. He might think he knows the word, but really he doesn't. My God. Oh, the men's home, that's the men's home. They need to get right because they're in real sin. I just do a little bit. But God is saying, I want to tear that veil. And as I put you through the trials, as I purge the sin from your life, as you go through the challenges of not having any money, God is saying, I want to take you to a new level. I want you to test me in this. I want you, I want you to come to me and know my glory. We got to let God take that veil from our lives. Stop being that skilled worker and putting up that veil so we could be separated from God. Because God is saying, remove that veil. I removed it. I tore it in the middle when my son died. I removed that veil so that we could enter into his glory. And we're living in a generation. We're living in a time. We're living in a society where sin is approved. Where murders are okay. Where it's normal. It's casual. There's numbness to the pain of our generation. 
There's a world out there that says they hate America. They hate what we represent. We have Iran. We have, you know, these political people wanting to bomb Israel. And I'm not a political person, but that's telling me I'm living in the last days. I'm living in a town where rumors of wars are arising. Nations are coming against nations, floods in various places, wickedness like never before. And before he comes, God needs us to be right before him. I know I want to go before the Lord. I want to go with God one day. And I want to be able to say, God, I did all that I could. God, I want to serve you with everything that I have. And I did it, God. I want to go before God. I want to be pure. But before that happens, we got to examine our hearts. We got to take inventory of our lives. We got to know, are we giving our all to you, Lord? And not just to ministry, but to your marriage, to your children. Are you being the light? Are we being a testimony? Or is there a curtain that's separating us from fulfilling the call of God, from doing what God has fully called us to do? Is there something that we're saying, God, I don't want you to tear that curtain down because I'm comfortable in this place. How many of us are guilty of that? I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty. And I ask God, Lord, cleanse my mind. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse me in all that I do. Because I don't want to be like that skilled worker who's constantly putting up the veil who's saying, oh, I can't do this, Lord. I'm just going to put this veil up because this is as far as I can go. This is as far as I'm willing to go. Let the high priest go in for me, God, because I'm not going to do it. I am not going to go any further because this is all I'm able to do. And God is saying, stop doing that. Stop putting the veil up. Let me tear the veil in half. Let me tear it so that you can enter into my glory. Let me tear that veil up. Let me put you through that trial. Stop fighting the, the trials of life. Stop fighting what I'm trying to do in you. Stop holding on to that money when I've called you to be a giver. And when I talk about money, let me share a testimony with you. My husband and I, we live by faith. And if you want to be a pastor, and if you think there's money in it, sorry, but honey, there's no money in pastoring. It's faith. It's all faith. But there was a time that my husband and I, we really were living on faith, really living on faith. And I remember God put us through the storm for three years, three years. And I didn't understand at that time. Now I know why. But at that time, man, we were in trial. We were in hardship. But we were living by faith. We were in full-time ministry. And I remember I was pregnant with my daughter, Lulu, and we didn't have any food in the cabinet. We didn't have income. We lived by faith. And I remember one day I was pregnant and I was craving and I was hungry. And we only had tortillas, tuna, and oil. Okay? And this was every day for three years almost. And I remember one day I was pregnant, I was crying, and I was craving food because I was pregnant like eight months. And I started crying. I said, God, this is hard. I'm hungry, Lord. I'm hungry. I want to eat what I'm starving for. Why, why do I have to live like this? Why, God? And I was crying, and I remember I called this Stefan up. And I said, Stefan, I just, I'm so hungry. I please find some way to get me some food. 
And he's like, don't worry. God is going to provide for you. And I just got so mad at him because I wanted him to say, okay, I'm going to borrow $20 or something. I was so mad at him. And I remember just hanging up the phone and just, oh, I'm hungry. And I remember I was crying and I said, God, help me through this. That's just hard. And if you know a woman who's hungry, you know she's pregnant. Because I was pregnant and hungry. And I remember I was crying before the Lord. And I was so mad at him. I didn't answer his calls when he called me because it was throughout the day. And I remember that night I was still crying and still mad at my husband. But I remember that night he walked into the house. And he had two boxes of food. And the moment he walked in, God convicted me so much. And he said, don't you believe me for my provision? Don't you believe that I've anointed your husband to provide for you? How could you doubt me? How little is your faith? Can I not show you my glory? Can you remove that veil of doubt and trust me? And I just thought, God, shame on me, Lord. Shame on me. And I started repenting in my heart, and I started crying, and I turned from Estelle and I wiped the tears, and I just gave him a hug, and I said, thank you. And then, then I looked into the box, and I ate. <laughs> Amen. But you know what that did for me? It took the veil of doubt. It took me into a place of not worrying anymore, of not being logical in our finances, but it took me to a place of glory. It took me to a place of knowing God's provision for my life. It took me to a place where nobody could tell me that God couldn't take care of me, but God was my provider, that God used my husband. And there was also another time when there was Christmas, and man, we had parties galore in our church. And we were living in San Diego, and all the parties were in L.A., and I remember, man, they gave us a list of all the presents we needed to buy. And it was a list like of $50 per gift. And I'm sharing these numbers because there's a reason. And so my husband, he got paid very little, very, 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 very little. So everything that we had was by faith. God provided miraculously. And so we had like $300 to our name for that month. Our rent was like $1,200. We had our babies. We had gas to take care of, presents to buy, plus it was, you know, family we need to take care of too. And so I just remember thinking, God, how are you going to provide for this? What are you going to do? Because we had like leadership parties, we had ministry parties, we had parties for parties, and then a party for the party for the party for the after party. So we had like party galore. And I just remember God, I remember crying again, crying again. God, why are women so emotional? Jeez. And so here I was crying before the Lord, and I started crying, saying, God, you know we want to give. You know we want to be a blessing to the people. You know that we have these finances to give to you. And I remember that, that day we were at church. It was a Sunday night. And we had, like, just remember, $300, okay? And we literally didn't know what, you know, what we were going to be able to pay, a bill, a rent, what, gas, insurance. And so I just remember my husband, he just said, um, I'm just going to give our money. And I was like, what? Are you crazy? He's like, I'm just going to give it. God, God told me to give it. And I just thought, oh, God, I'm going to starve again, Lord. And so, and so what he did was he gave. 
He gave out of our poverty. He gave believing, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm believing you're going you're gonna to provide for my family and I. Your word says that if I bring the tithes and the offering to the storehouse, that you will pour out a blessing that my family can't even contain. He took that scripture, he stood on it, and he applied it. And you know what happened that very same night? He gave $300 to the Lord. And I said, God, there's my food money. Okay. And that night, powerful man of God just came up to my husband. Just walking by. Doesn't know our situation because we don't complain to people. We complain to God. And this man didn't know a lick of what we were going through. But being the man that he is and a man of God and a man of the spirit of God, he walked by and he gave my husband a Pentecostal handshake. And you know what he did? He gave him $1,000. $1,000. Who gives a person $1,000? Hello. If you have $1,000, can you give it to me, please, right now? Somebody, please. You're not going to give it to me. You're, no, I got rent. I got to buy my shoes. I got to buy my food. I got to bless my husband. Right? And when that man of God passed by my husband and gave him that $1,000, he looked at me and I looked at him. I said, what, you got my food money back? <laughs> he said, God has provided. And at that moment when he showed me the $1,000, I started to cry. I started, God, God had to approve my trial. God had to approve what he was trying to do in my life. Even though I was undiscerning of it at that time, even though I fully didn't understand what he was doing, God was building my faith. God was taking me into his glory. God was allowing me ex to experience who he was and who he wants to be in my life. And as he did that for me, how many of us want to experience the same thing? Don't you want to see your family saved? Don't you want to see your, your marriage restored? Don't you want to see your children saved? Or is it just me? It's quiet in here. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense with the trials that we go through. We wonder, God, why are they talking about me at my job? I just love you, Lord. Why are they saying things about me? Why are they gossiping about me? And God's saying, because I want you to love your enemies. God, why do I only have $10 in my account? I can't buy any food. I can't do anything with this money. I can't take my children. God's saying, then give it to me and let me multiply it for you. God, why can't my family get saved? Why can't, why aren't they, you know, answering the call? Maybe because you're trying to be God and you need to move out of the way. Removing the veil from our life. There's a veil in our life that God wants to tear. But it's going to take a trial to get there. But I want you to know tonight that God is approving it. God is sealing it. God is saying, I'm allowing you to go through this for a reason. I'm allowing you to go through the hardship because I want to be your glory. Because I want to show you who I am in your life. We serve a mighty God. We serve an all-knowing God. We serve a God that is omnipotent, all-knowing everywhere. Omniscience, he's all-knowing. We serve a God that is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Some of us, we have sin in our life. 
some of us, we don't even know that we're in bondage. And God is saying, I want to break the shackles off of you. I want to set you free. I want to deliver you. I want to heal you. Some of us, we like to be like this. We come into church and we come in like, oh, no, I'm happy like this. Go ahead and laugh. But you know what? Spiritually, some of us, we walk in like that. I look funny doing this, and I don't care if I look funny. But some of us, you look like this when you walk in. Or you, like this. Oh, I love God. Oh, no, I'm good like this. I like being in bondage. I like being crippled. I liked being spiritually crippled. Yeah, I can't enter into the presence of God, but that's okay because I like to be crippled in my sin. And God is saying, I don't want you to be like this. I want you to be like this. I don't want you to, you know, walk like this because you got back problems. I want you to be able to jump around and praise me. That's what God is doing. But some of us, we like to be like that. And that's why the curtain is still there. Because we're skilled in our sin. And God is saying, let me tear the curtain. Allow me to tear it. Allow me to put you through your hardships. Allow me to test you. Allow me to put you through the trials. Consider it joy, my brethren. Consider it joy, my sister. It may not make sense to you, but I'm not a God that you can comprehend anyway. So let your yes be yes and your amens be amens. Because if God speaks it, it's yes and amen. Amen? So tonight, I'm not going to do an altar call. But I would like for you to think. Ask yourself, Lord, what is this curtain in my life that you're trying to tear from my life so that I could be closer to you? Some of us have been going through some major trials in our marriage, and God is allowing it, but we're undiscerning of it. So what do we do instead of loving our spouse? We allow hatred, a lesser love to fill us for our spouse when God is saying, I need you to get closer. I need you to be one. Some of us were working at our jobs, and it's hard over there because it's secular. People are cussing and, you know, talking against Jesus, mocking our Lord, you know, saying F this, F that. They're saying some ugly things in the world. And we're saying, God, why is it so hard to work here? And God is saying, because I need you to be a light. I need you to share my word. God doesn't make sense, does he? He says to love our enemies. Huh? You want me to love who? Love your enemy. Pray for them. That doesn't make sense to us, right? How many of us have somebody in this room that we don't like? Hey, lift up your hands. I know you, I know there's somebody in your life. You do not like them. P put up your hands. I want to see it right now because God sees it. So I want to see it too. You know what God is saying? I want you to love that person. I want you to pray for them. I want you to tear that veil down. I want you to let me tear it for you so that you can know my power. You can know the power of my word. You can know the power of my righteousness. You can know the power of winning that enemy over to him. Because the Bible says, that what is a profit if, you, if you're just friends with those who love you? There's no profit in that. But there's a profit when you win over that enemy. There's a gain in heaven when you win over that enemy. But that's another story. How many of us know 
that we want to be a church that is flawless, that is without sin, that is, that is pure before God. I want to be pure before the Lord. I want to be able to stand right before God in this sinful world. I want to be able to say, God, let me stand up for your righteousness because the end times are here and we're living in it. I don't want to be a Christian that the world can't even tell that I'm a Christian. I don't want to be somebody that says, I'm a Christian and nobody can tell. I don't want to say that, oh, I love God, I serve God, but nobody can tell. How many of us know some people that you worked for them for years and you never knew they were a Christian? Because they, they curse, they drunk beer, they smoked. That's just one example. But we're living in a time where God is saying, I need you to be the most in me more than ever before. He's asking for us to be a representative of him like never before. This country is in need of a savior like never before. But it's going to take people like us that have to allow God to tear that veil in half and allow us to know his glory, allow us to know his power so that we can stand up to the sinner. We can stand up to those who come against us. We can stand up and share the gospel with his anointing and with his power. It's not going to take flesh. It's going to take spirit. It's going to take God. It's going to take his anointing. We got to tear that veil. We got to let God tear and get your needle out of the way. Get that thread out of the way. Stop getting your super glue and trying to super glue it back up. Discern the time. Discern what God is doing in us. I believe God has taken inventory of our heart. Of our heart. Because what's in here is what will come out in our actions, in our words, in our deeds, in our motive. And I share this tonight, not from me, but from God. And as the Lord showed me that vision, he, he has made himself so available to us. He has made an access through our big brother Jesus to know him. Remember, there was a time where only the high priest and a certain group was only allowed to go before the Holy of Holies, to go into the presence. Only an elite group. Not everybody was able to go to God. But through his son, Jesus, that veil was torn in half from the top from the approval of God, and he gave us access to enter into his presence that I didn't need a priest anymore to mediate for me. But I can go before God and say, God, forgive me. God, cleanse me. God, use me. God, anoint me. God, speak to me. God, I need your presence. God, just cover me in your blood. God, just give me your anointing, Lord. I don't need a priest to mediate for me. But I can go to God, Lord. Tear the veil from my heart. Tear the veil, God, from, from within me, God. Whatever it is, that God would remove it. Lord, I'm going through these trials, but Lord, let me know your glory. God, I don't have any money, but God, I give this to you because you're faithful to me. God, I don't want to humble myself, but God, you're going to do something in me. Oh, God, change me, Lord. 
It's going to take the tearing of the veil to take place in our life. How many of us want to be in the holy of holies? How many of us want to experience the Shekinah glory? How many of us want to come in here that when he comes, when you walk inside of here, you feel a rejuvenation take place? How many of us know that when we go to God, we can't go to God sloppy. We got to run to God. We got to say, I'm going to beat you there first. I want to be in the presence of God. I want to look like a fool if I have to be undignified to be in his presence. So God, be it. How many of us want to be in his presence? I want to be in his presence. I want to wake up in his presence. I want to go to sleep in his presence. I want to be with him all day long and talk to him. But God, take inventory of me. Oh, this trial hurts, but God, get me through it so I can know your glory. I can know what a healthy marriage is. I can know what it is to see my children serve God. I can know what it is to graduate the home. So I can know what it takes to be a licensed minister. God has called you. God has a calling on your life. Don't, don't settle. Don't settle and say, oh, I'm good behind this curtain. I'm good. I don't want to go beyond. No, God's saying, I want to bring you beyond. I want to bring you in closer to me. And we got to say, okay, God. Whoa, okay. God is saying, come closer. Come closer and know me. Know me in my power. Know me in my resurrection. Know me in my sufferings. God wants to reveal himself to us like never before. And as we come here, we have to come here saying, God, do what it is, what you, whatever you desire. So let it be done, God. If it's your will, God, it's a yes and amen. How many of us want to serve God with all that we have? How many of us want to be a light to our families? How many of us want to be a good mother? A godly mother, a godly father. I want to be that. But in order for me the be to be the best for God, I need to do some cleansing. I need to do some tearing down of the veil. Because as the Bible says here, the skilled worker put that veil up, embroidered that veil to separate us from the person and from God, from the holies of holies. And that veil, what does that veil represent in our life tonight? What does that veil represent in your life that stops us from getting closer to God, that stops us from getting the breakthrough of some finances, that stops us from getting the breakthrough of our marriage, that stops us from getting the breakthrough of our jobs, of our bosses. Maybe we need a new job. Maybe we, we need some more cash flowing in because the bills are getting expensive. Or college tuition, I don't know. But what is it that stops us from getting closer to God, from experience his glory, his provision? And tonight as we stand, and if the worship team could come up. I'm not going to do an altar call like I said. But I'm going to ask you to sincerely find somebody that you trust and that you know that God spoke to you. And this is from the top, from the 
whoever just walked in here. Because I said, I'm the first one to preach to. I preach to myself in this message. And I have to take inventory of my life. I have to ask God, what is that trial that you're approving that I'm going through where you want to reveal yourself to me? Have we been fighting the trial and we're failing to see that it's the Lord? I want you to find that person that you trust. And I want you to just share a little bit of what it is. And as you share, I want you to be for real. Because God knows our hearts. God knows our motives. I want you to share with that person. I want you to tell them, you know what, brother? You know what, sister? I have pride. I have lust. I have doubt. I have fear. And it's been the veil that has stopped me from experiencing God's glory. It has stopped me from experiencing his presence. And right now as the worship team plays, I want some of the brothers to make their way to our men's home. These are future leaders of this generation. These are future pastors. And you know what? Sometimes they need encouragement. So I encourage some of the brothers that are here, go to the men's home. Encourage them. Go ahead right now. Make your way over there. And find that person right now. And I want you to share with that person, this is what I'm struggling in. This is what has stopped me. Let's pray together. Amen. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end. For the rest of us, go ahead and just lift your hands and let's sing it. It's always been you, Jesus. Jesus. For those of you else right now, find someone, go ahead and talk with them. Begin to pray with them. Take a few moments just to pray with them. If it's your husband, pray with your husband, your wife, or your good friend, or maybe somebody you just met. Whatever it might be, take a few moments right now. Go ahead and just begin to talk with them. Let's tear down some veils. Let's tear down some curtains right now. If there's any curtains that need to be torn, not a curtain just to God, but a curtain to each other. Many times that happens. We have curtains within us that need some breaking. It's all right to admit if you got a little bit of pride. It's all right to admit if you got a little bit of hurt, bitterness, or even if you just overcame it. But someone else needs to hear your testimony. Somebody else needs to be encouraged by you. Go ahead and just take a few moments right now. Talk with that person. Jesus, you. You know what they need. You know what you need. If there's any place where you can do it, it's here in church. We want you to feel comfortable here in church where you can do that. You can talk with someone. Feel open, feel comfortable. The Spirit of God is moving where the Spirit of God is ministering. Go ahead. From beginning to the end, it'll always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing in this world. 
of our church and Jesus be the center of our church every knee will bow and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Jesus 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 be the center of our church. Jesus be the center of our church. And every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that you are Jesus. And Jesus. Jesus, from my heart, from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center, it's all about you, yes, it's all about you, from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center, it's all about about you, yes, it's all about from my heart, from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center, it's all about you, yes, it's all about you from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center, it's all about you, yes, it's all about you, my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center, it's all about you, yes, you're done it's all praying, about go ahead and lift your hands and let's sing it, from my heart to the heavens Jesus be the center it's all about you yes it's all about oh, from my heart from my heart to the heavens Jesus be the center it's all about you yes it's all about from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the same. It's all about 
Center, it's all.